Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I can do anything. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Patrick, and you are listening to the Common Sense Podcast. I know it's been a while. <laughs> it's been so long. Been so long. Um, but listen, I'm back. And I really just wanted to take some time to truly figure out what I wanted to do with this podcast, right? I don't create art unless I truly feel like I know the direction in which I'm moving. And I needed to take some time to reflect and to think and to, you know, dream bigger about what I wanted this to be. And so I am bringing you something so special today, something that I've worked extremely hard on. I've been editing and working through technical difficulties and struggling through this story for an entire year. And it is finally here. Black History Month may be over. Women's History Month may be over, but black women continue to lead from the ground up. Today, I'm bringing you an origin story of Detroit Hills, Detroit. What happens when Sarita Darby, a teacher, confronts the trauma she and her students were facing head on? Check this out. So much power that the worst of life could take out the best of my babies, and that's why they stand for me. This is teacher Sarita Darby during the book release of Forbidden Tears in Detroit, Michigan back in 2018. Forbidden Tears is a self-published book of poems, essays, and stories from her students that were a product of transformational healing circles that started in their classroom. I mean, the healing, deception of the healing circle started when I was a teacher. So, you know, teaching some of the young people at Detroit Hills, Detroit. Um, so that's when it started and I was um, a teacher, essentially. I was a teacher um, at Detroit Collegiate, which is a school who will, that will be unfortunately shut down this year, but I saw a need. Um, and I took an A survey with my kids and I saw, even saw a greater need. Like I can see the need, but then when the kids were telling me through surveys um, and just telling me their stories, I saw, I rest when I really envisioned the need for it and envisioned the impact that the healing circles could do. Um, and, then, and then the first, I feel like the first one was just like, hey, let's just do this thing. Let's just take a break from curriculum because you can tell, like you, I'm an empath, so I can feel the feelings of my students. I'm like, okay, we can put this on hold because a lot of a lot of times my students and how they're feeling, I take that into the lesson. If some things have to go on hold, like we put things on hold because hey, they didn't get the objective this time. If my kids aren't feeling well and they're not, you know, actually able to self-actualize and indulge in the activity, then we're gonna put it on hold and we're gonna put our healing estate um for this day. So I did it and it was great. And I decided to do it with some of my other classes. I did my 10th grade first because my 10th grade was a smaller class, it was a more intimate class. Um and they loved it. And they asked, they continuously asked to do it um, the next day. So I turned it into an every Friday thing, um, Will Heal. And, you know, teaching in Detroit, you know, the trials and tribulations that come with that, um, being a young teacher, a novice teacher still. Um, and then teaching in the community in which I, um, 
lived in was very, very important to me and very powerful. But also when you know you saw your kids hurting at school when you go home and you saw your kids too, and I you still see um the communities and what they live in and you feel some of that pain as well. So um yeah, going through a lot, you know, I I always tell my kids thank you because they're healing um contributes to mine as well. So I healed with them. You know, it was a it was a community aspect of healing. It just it wasn't just them that was healing in that moment. So I was very thankful. That's what that was the inception of the healing circles. This work, as Sarita said, is rooted in community. If you meet her in person, she'll tell you I didn't do this work alone. She did it alongside her students. And so we have two students here who were a part of the original healing circles and are now nonprofit leaders of Detroit Hills, Detroit. My first name is Ernisha and I'm in the 12th grade. My name is Brianna Donald. I am in the 12th grade. Um, I am vice president of Detroit Hills, Detroit nonprofit organization. So we heard from Ms. Darby and we would love to hear from you. Take us back through your eyes how did the healing circles begin? Our classroom teacher, Sarita Darby, introduced these healing circles to us as we were in our write creative writing class. And she used it as a way of us expressing ourselves. So we wrote out how we felt and what we've been through as in our trauma. And then we sat in healing circles and everybody paid attention to each other. She would have us all just sit in a circle and we basically just talk about ourselves. And she asked us, you know, we could reveal as much or as little as we wanted to. And basically that was her way of getting um, all of us to bond with each other and bond with her as well. She started out talking about herself, which really helped us open up a lot more seeing as the fact that she didn't know us at all. And she just, you know, decided to tell us everything about her. So we were like, okay, that's cool. I guess we'll just, you know, get to say whatever, you know, be open about it. She never stopped us or anything. She just let us go on for as long or as much as we needed to. Um, and it kind of became a pretty normal thing in class. You know, she would always check on us, make sure that we were feeling good, you know, how how are you feeling today you know what's going on and it really grew the students closer to each other even when things would happen somebody got in trouble or you know a fight or something happened well now everybody has to talk about it and that just kind of grew into something more we realized as you know school would be out throughout the summer of course we don't get to see each other like that or talk to each other like that but we liked what we were doing and we were like you know we want to do this more. How did you know that the healing circles were working? Um, I knew it was working because people that you've seen every day, they like adapted to each other and started acting more comfortable around you. They started sharing like real in-depth stories and just getting more comfortable. The healing circles were indeed more than a moment, a strategy, a unit. It became a way of life. 
These healing circles met students exactly where they were and offered them space to grow and learn from one another. After facing a moment that could have cost her her life, it was the space and community Brianna knew that she needed. I was with my friend. We went to a football game at her school. And I was over her house, and it was around night. It was time for me to go home, and we were all in the car. It was me and her sister and her mom, and we were going to, they were taking me home. And out of nowhere, like this guy who was on the street, he opened fire into the middle of the road. So, like, he shot bullets at the cars that were driving past. And one of the bullets got into the car. And the fragments of it just kind of splattered everywhere and they hit us. So it was kind of, uh, it was really crazy because it was like, it was like from an instant, we went from being like so happy and having fun to just like, oh my God, what just happened? It was, it was really scary for me. I know for a while I kind of decided to stay in the house so even though we're in the house now, but that's not a choice. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> back, back then, I was, I, I was willingly choosing to stay in the house. I was like, you know, people would probably invite me places. I'm like, no, I think I'm going to just stay home because I was so scared. Like, what if that could happen again? And of course, you never know what will happen, but it definitely scared me. So the fact where I was like, I don't think I want to go just be having fun everywhere I was like no I'm gonna stay home I don't I'm okay so even with the healing circle even helped me with that my anxiety with going and being in large crowds loud noises because school is definitely loud so (laughs) being there um having that space where I could be calm and just talking and and express my feelings and emotions it kind of was like okay I know that I'm gonna be okay you know there are people who understand that being in something like that is traumatizing and scary and even a lot of kids at the school who were in the circles with me who were in my class they understood they've been around shootings and stuff before too and they were like I understand I get you you know we gotta get over it together it was kind of like a really good support system doing the healing circles with Ms. Darby, it really kind of just opened me up more to being more receptive to having friends, having people get to know me. I mean, I was already more of a outgoing and friendly person, but this just really helped me open up more to understand people's feelings and everything. And for a while, it was kind of really hard for me to even talk about what, what happened. It was more like I was just trying to move on with it, you know, things happen, you know, stuff like that. And I just wanted to move on from it. But talking about it definitely kind of made the hurt go away a lot more. Yeah, it was like um, a, a really big weight lifted off me. It was kind of more being able to turn the situation from being so sad and hurtful to being something that I can be open and expressed with. Stories like Brianna and students like Arnisha showed that there was a need for healing and community. And despite the healing, finding support for the healing circles wouldn't be as easy. 
I mean, before, even before I started that, I kind of kind told administration, like, hey, we need healing counselors. Like, this one, you know, one social worker, unfortunately, it's not going to work. Um, and I'm a firm believer in either we're all healing counselors or none of us are. Like, this should be the work of everybody. Um, and, and no one was listening to me like, hey, we ain't got no money. We don't, we don't have the money to, I'm like, well, we can do training. We don't have the money to do training. Well, I can do the training and I can, you know, myself, and then I can facilitate a PD on it just so we're all informed on what this actually means to do for our kids. All our PDs are already planned. Okay. So y'all, this is, this is what, how important this is to you. And that's, that's what the, um, would show me like, this isn't important to our staff. Um, it's going to cost us more money and that's not really what, um, you know, our, our district was about at that time. Um, so I had to make sure I'm a find a way, make a way type of person. That's always been what I was about. And if I had to find a way, make a way for my kids, then I was going to, and that's what I did. Um, so the pushback was there even during it. Um, it was like, hey, this, what objective does this, you know, pertain to? And I always had an objective, you know, writing, one of the writing standards, I always had it aligned for if administration came in there. It was always going to be objective. They were still learning. I had kids who came to my class, because um, we were stationed at Charles H. Wright at the time, who came to my class and left after my class because healing was so powerful to them. Um, and they were still learning. A lot of kids had told me, like, hey, I became a better writer because of you. I didn't even know how to write or to start. Um, until I took this class. So the learning was there, but the healing was much more powerful as well. Before the healing circles, um, I always wrote, I love writing, but before the healing circles, I didn't take it serious. And during these circles, she implemented, she wanted us to use writing a lot. So I got to writing more and that really brought out like my love of writing. So now I'm like working on my second book. So my favorite thing to write about is usually perspective writing. I like to like put myself in other people's positions and places and write about how I think they will feel or how I think they will respond. Listen to me as I pry my mouth open to tell words of a story of a girl like me. Listen with your ears, not your heart, because I'll never ask for sympathy. Listen, because my trauma is beyond valid. Listen, because there's a lot of truth inside of this ballad. Listen, because when the tears were shed, she wasn't heard. Listen, because she desists herself from crying every time she verbalizes a word. Listen, because emotional and mental battles inevitably inhabits her mind. Listen, because her pain makes her aggressive when she was once kind. Listen to her. All she knows is abandonment. Listen to her. Her world is going through some form of dismantlement. Don't talk. Try to decipher or falsely agree. I'm so lost inside because no one ever listens to me. Listen to me. Despite the challenges these students and their teacher faced, they knew that they had created something extraordinary. They published Forbidden Tears, a book of essays, poems, and stories, turning their pain into power and their power into passion, and they were not done yet. We eventually started, go started going to other schools. We went to school to test it out the first time, and we talked to younger kids. And we noticed that kids who weren't even in high school yet were also experiencing a lot of trauma and things. And the healing circle really, really touched them and it got to them and it helped them as well. 
Their book, Forbidden Tears, was just the beginning. After publishing this book, the students and Ms. Darby created Detroit Hills Detroit, a nonprofit organization with 5013C status. While the work they're doing continues to inspire people all over the world, serving Detroit remains crucial to their mission. My favorite part about being in Detroit Hills Detroit is giving back to Detroit because we're looked down upon a lot. So it's like they don't see all the good things we're doing, but Detroit Hills Detroit helps exploit all those amazing things that the kids of Detroit are doing, the youth of Detroit are into. Um, I get that all the time. I think Detroit is very personal to me, even in my other organizations. A lot of the criteria that I put is um, you have to be from Detroit. Um, a lot of uh, the things we do, like even in our application, is just like, what, what does Detroit mean to you? Like, yes, Detroit is very personal to us, so it has to be personal to you to continue to do this work. Um, Detroit just made me what I am today. Like, I can't, like, just being away from Detroit, like, I travel a lot, and I'm so fortunate to have the privilege to do that. But when I'm traveling, a large part of me is like, I can't wait to get home because home is like, it's no place like home. You know, like Detroit is home. Detroit made me who I am. And I feel like the people from Detroit um, really are like no other. And I feel like, yes, I'm going, I'm going to impact the world one day. But before I touch the world, I need to touch my city because I feel like so many people have given up on Detroit and don't see the potential monumental, you know, advancement of Detroit youth. Um, and really all they need is somebody who really sees that in them and to see that they can be somebody and then they will become somebody. So I feel like a lot of times people just give up on Detroit. Um, they may give up on all Detroit, but they may, may still support Midtown or Downtown, um, you know, those type of people. But I'm, I'm really supporting the, 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 the Detroit that we don't see, the Detroit that the development of Detroit that people don't want to invest in, um, the youth that people don't want to invest in. Like my youth are not the youth that you're going to see on TV until we came along and I, and I, and I gave them the tools they needed to have their voice. Like my, my students come from some of the worst situations and that's not who you see the youth you see on TV from Detroit. But I'm like, Hey, y'all came from the worst situation, but y'all going to make the best out of it. I always tell people that healing isn't a way to like get rid of what you're going through, get rid of your trauma or your experiences is more like taking Taking it, being aware that that's who you are, that's what you've been through, but being able to move forward. Healing to me is being able to take that issue and turn it into something powerful, something that motivates you, something that keeps you, you know, moving to striving to do something better within your life. So not letting that hurt or anything weigh you down, but lift you up, basically. It's been three years since the first healing circle the publishing of Forbidden Tears, and the creation of Detroit Hills Detroit. And I am so glad to say that this work continues, even in the midst of a pandemic. Um, we're always doing nonprofit work. So every Friday, we talk to our peers on Zoom and basically have virtual healing sessions every Friday at 3. So it's like I'm still doing nonprofit work, so why not? still work on my craft and what I love to do. When we do healing circles, we pretty much are healing ourselves. Like all the activities we tell our peers to do, we do as well. So it's like we're all healing together. So we have problems that are arising. We all talk about it together. We all, we all get through it together. So 
that was another thing. So it's like, if I'm feeling this type of way, then I'm going to go to the healing circle. I'm going to leave this healing circle. Um, my favorite part of being a part of Detroit Hills Detroit is definitely the bond, the bonding that is, is brought because, you know, I never thought you I would be so close to a group of people ever in my life. Like, they always felt like you had to know somebody for years for you to be close to them. But just in the short amount of time of knowing all of them, it's just been like, wow, like, these are really people who really care about me they want to see me succeed I want to see them succeed we all help each other we check in on each other it's a really great feeling to have people who are so close to me like like family basically so that's definitely been one of my favorite parts of the healing circles it is clear that love is at the root of Detroit Hills Detroit. Together, they are working together to ensure the next generation of Detroit is whole. Because y'all are the best students I've ever seen, so let's show the world what y'all about. So that's what I'm about, showing Detroit um, the greatness of Detroit, showing the world the greatness of Detroit and what Detroit um, have been doing for generations and will continue to do because that's not highlighted. So I'm really invested in Detroit. I will continue to be um, my criteria of supporting Detroit Will always be rooted in Detroit. Um, so yeah, that's where my service is. That's where my, my heart is. Okay, y'all. Wow. <laughs> Detroit in the building. Wow. Uh, Detroit Hills, Detroit. Thank you for allowing me to tell your story. Thank you, Sarita, for being an example of what it means to put the whole child first for real right and thank you for being an example thank you Ernisha and brianna for modeling what vulnerability looks like and the power of it and they're not done yet detroit hills detroit has raised thousands of dollars for a youth healing hub right in the city they have their own community healing center coming to the city of detroit y'all so we gotta support in addition to preparing for that, they are still facilitating virtual healing sessions for youth by youth. If you want more information, check out www.DetroitHillsDetroit.org to donate money, to donate money, to donate money, to ensure that this youth-led work continues. If you love this podcast, please let me know. Hit me up at President Pat or www.stayingoodtrouble.com. I love y'all. Peace and love.